0: Welcome to the Orange Silicon Valley Bistro Cast, the podcast about what's new, what's coming, and what connects people in the world of tech. I'm Brian Warmouth, the content lead at Orange Silicon Valley. This week, our guests are Guillaume Payan and Julie Leclerc. You two are the first French guests that I have had wow. on here oh. since we started. I don't know how that happened, but... Uh, I'm excited to reveal to the world that we actually do have French people working for a French company company at Orange Silicon Valley. So thanks for coming today. You two uh, work in a special intersection of activity here at OSV. Uh, You create opportunities for large corporations with startups in our network. Uh, You do this through our Orange Fab program, which I'm sure you'll talk about more uh, today. First, I want to let you talk about your personal histories here and how they've uh, see how you have seen corporate startup relationships evolve during your time here. So maybe, maybe back up a second and tell me, how did you wind up here at Orange Silicon Valley?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Guillaume, Let's start yeah. with Guillaume. Uh, great. Yes. Uh, thanks, Brian. So I'm Guillaume. I've been at Orange Silicon Valley for the past eight years. Uh, I came here after working for first French telecommunication company in San Jose. Um, and so when I came, I had, I had various roles. Um, and my role evolved with the, the role of this organization here. Maybe tell me about that. Uh, hmm? yeah. So when I first moved here, the organization was still co-developing, doing a little bit of development and R&D work here. And throughout the years, and especially under the, the current CEO that we have, mm-hmm. uh, CEO in France, Stefan Richard, the company decided to open up a little bit its, it's R&D effort and its innovation efforts, so, you know, like okay. open innovation. So we went outside to actually find interesting companies and people we could work with to support the innovation initiatives Orange has in the country. When you say
0: open innovation, what can you tell me about what that
2: means? Um, So what it means, it means that we want to work with interesting startups that will help us define the next lines of services and businesses we'll be entering in. How does that intersect with what you do at
0: Orange Fab now?
2: Okay, great great yeah. question, everyone. <laughs> yeah, so, so actually, you know, like, it, this idea of like finding good companies outside our organization led to the creation, I, I think it was six years ago now, of Orange Fab, which was an accelerator program, corporate accelerator. The goal was really to f- build a sourcing mechanism to help us identify the best possible startups in Silicon Valley and to have Orange working with them. And so we launched it in 2013, and then through the, the years, I mean, the program got extended to other countries inside, you know, uh, the organization. So today, we have 16 different Orange fabs mm-hmm. in 16 different countries mm-hmm. that either try to find good innovation, good startups, good entrepreneurs that the company can work with in the, in the countries we either try to innovate in or operate in. And can you ballpark... Tell me how many
0: startups you've worked with over your time here. How many startups have been involved with the Orange Fab program since you began? I think it's probably
2: around like 55 or between 55 and
0: 60. I don't have the exact number.
1: I would have
2: guessed dozens. I would have
0: said dozens, but that sounds right.
1: We're around 60, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And what have you learned from seeing all of those different startups come through here about the startup experience in San Francisco and the Bay Area?
1: We learned a lot.
0: I think we learned a lot, yeah. <laughs> rest, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah maybe, should, you wanna Julie, you want to... Julie, can you tell me a little bit about how uh, you came sure. here?
1: Sure. Um, so I came here straight from France. I was working for a news magazine there. I was actually in charge of advertising and yeah. brand content. Yeah. So nothing to do with, uh, with the tech world, but I was interested in, uh, in tech- new technologies. So I actually had a little blog that I was you know, uh, compiling information on every now and then. And at the time, Guillaume and, uh, and his colleague at the time just opened Orange Fab here. And I heard about it, obviously. Mm -hmm. So I sent my resume out of the blue, just hoping that they would get a look at it. Yeah. And, uh, they needed interns. (laughs) And I, at the time, I had like a full-time job. Yeah. And they told me, look, we just need interns for six months. We really cannot hire you afterwards. So, you know, take it or leave it. Yeah. And I came as an intern and never left. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of amazing. I didn't know that. I didn't know yes. that
1: lead up. So yeah, and I, I came here to uh, to do a little bit of social media, and I ended up doing business development because yeah. that was the first need of Orange Fab, connecting the startups mm-hmm. to Orange and uh, Orange's mm-hmm. customers and employees. So um, I started doing business development, and I really loved it. And mm-hmm. since then, my my role has been like focused on this. So the, yeah. the,
2: the role, I mean, the role of what we, we did with Orange Fab evolved as well, you know? and we tried to really create a program that made a lot of sense for Orange and, and made a lot of sense for the startups in Silicon Valley. Because yeah. you know the idea is always the same thing. You know we, we realize that there are not many good startups, and it's really hard for a company that, that, like Orange to attract them. So we tried to make Orange Fab, and the program evolved, so that will deliver as much value as possible to mm-hmm. the community here, and so that will get. The best startups possible coming yeah. to, to, to to talk to us, and that's how you know we actually launched the FabForce program.
0: Interesting. Well, can you tell me? You touched on open innovation earlier. Uh, you know, how do corporations look to work with startups? What's their interest in finding it? Are they they aren't just are they just looking for vendors that they can invest in, or are they always looking for open open innovation goals? To be served. How, how would you characterize the types of needs that you help to serve with corporations you work with?
2: I, I think, and you know, correct me Julie, if, if you think differently, but I think you know it starts with the first observation, which is the cost of starting a, a startup has decreased cre- tremendously over the past fifteen to twenty years. Yeah. And so now you see, you've seen a, a new breed and a, and a new wave of startups, you know, being launched, and those startups in many ways. You know, start, they start to uh, compete with the larger corporations, mm-hmm. and if we and, and so the premise of everything, or the hypothesis be, be behind everything that we do, is to say, okay, there are more smart people outside the organization than inside the organization. Mm-hmm. So even though you still need to keep strong R&D uh, R&D teams, you need to complement your R&D effort by opening up your your company and and going outside to attract and try to identify the best possible startups and entrepreneurs.
0: That makes a lot of sense. You'll have a larger pool of ideas and a larger pool of talent developing those ideas Mm -hmm. if you Mm -hmm. look outside to these places. Yeah, Yeah. that makes a lot of sense.
1: And then there are several ways to do that, right? Like Mm -hmm. some of our partners are looking more towards investing in startups. Some others are exclusively Mm -hmm. looking for partnerships. Um, M&A is another option as well. So it actually ranges from within the program from mm-hmm. partner to partner.
0: Interesting. Yep. And you've, you've been here for eight years, Guillaume, yep. and you, like we said, you've, you've seen dozens and dozens of startups come through here. Would you characterize those needs as being the same now in the Bay Area as they were eight years ago? Have corporations gotten smarter about how they work with startups or what, what has changed
2: um, multiple things. So I, yeah. I do think I, I agree with you. I think corporations got, got much smarter, you know, to, uh, to uh, working with startups. You know, mm-hmm. they understood like the way to structure themselves, mm-hmm. to put sometimes in place the right incentives to encourage people inside their their, their, their entities to actually work, and put the extra effort to, to work with the startup and to take additional risks. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's um, it's it's also. I mean, the, the the environment in Silicon Valley has changed. We we've seen multiple corporate accelerators program led by corporations, you know, trying to engage with startups appearing, mm-hmm. to the point where today, you know, there is almost a negative connotation with those corporate accelerator program. And when you talk to a lot of early-stage investors in the Bay Area, they will tell you, oh, I try to discourage my companies to actually go and work with corporations and corporate accelerator programs. Uh, I was recently at a conference uh, for corporate VCs, and someone was saying, you know, oh, the corporate accelerator is the new Silicon Valley LearnX. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, a few years ago, if you were like a, in an innovation office, you know, in Silicon Valley, you would the host on a constant basis learn access insights you to help your your organization and your executives understand a bit more you know where the world was going and today it moved to like becoming you know let's launch an accelerator program mm-hmm. um, so and, and and the the critics are, are completely legitimate. You know, what, what, people, what people are saying, they say, you know what, when you're a startup and you come to work for a corporation, you're really trying to, I mean, the corporation does that to, to help itself. Sure. Uh, I mean, the success of the startup does not matter. You know, what matters is that the corporation should succeed. And so common critics are, you know, they put in place a program that's not tailored to the startups. You know, it's, it's built for the corporation. Uh, they force you to work on a POC or on a pilot. You know, because that's one of the KPIs of the people inside the organization. So, uh, and, and so sometimes you know the, the startup has no interest or should not be doing this type of pilot because you know they're they're just uh, uh, losing focus on, on on what they're doing. So there are a lot of critics. So for us, you know, we try to hear that, we understand that, and we try to make our program evolve so that we don't we don't do things that don't make sense for the startups and don't make sense for Orange.
0: Yeah, and and I we can talk probably mm-hmm. on another podcast. I know yep. I've already been talking to Gene about talking about more about what you do with the startups. Yep. Can we get to a little bit about how the FabForce program came about and what needs specifically that serves for you? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so um, the Fat Force program came up pretty organically, actually. So when we started Orange Fab, we had this pool of startups that we were looking at. Uh, each one of the analysts from each Orange Silicon Valley were contributing into bringing the startups on board. Um, and so we started to pitch Orange Fab to mm-hmm. a, a bunch of corporations who were just visiting the Bay Area, right? And mm-hmm. we we're stopping by Orange. Yeah. And a couple of them came to us and were like, oh, Can I be part of it? Because I would love to have access to your deal flow. I would love Mm -hmm. to have access to your analysts because they're really experts in their domain. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we rapidly saw the benefits of uh, doing this. So the benefit for us is obviously to get uh, better startups, Mm -hmm. uh, more variety as well, because we're not just a telco. For example, we just launched a mobile bank in France. Mm -hmm. So we are also interested in fintech and mobile services. Mm -hmm. Uh, But startups don't necessarily know that. But when we have a bank as part of a alliance, if we create an alliance of other corporations, then we attract those startups to come and we can educate them on what we're doing. Um, So, this is one advantage for us. Um, For the partners, the advantage is they have access to our deal flow and to our analysts as well. And they can provide insights to them on a a regular basis. And for the startups, it's just more distribution opportunities. So, it actually benefits everyone. Um, It's better for the reputation because also, like, if it doesn't work out with Orange for startups, it can work out with other corporations. So, yeah, that's how we created fat Force. We built the alliance with a beta version a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago.
0: And you found these special categories to thematically introduce people. Yep. Yeah. Under right. Yep. Can you can you tell me when you can make can, these images? Yeah, sure. A bit. Absolutely. So, so,
2: so we refer to the Fast Force, Fab Force program as a win-win-win approach, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's based on, a, on an episode of The Office. And the link will be uh, <laughs> <laughs> the link to the se- to se- section will be on the website.
0: Excellent. <laughs> so the, yep, the win-win-win. Win, just to be clear. Is uh, is. Orange For Silicon Valley, Orange Fab. The partners. Part, the partners and, and the, the startups. startups. <laughs> right. Okay, that's great.
1: This, this was your moment. You yeah, have you trademarked, trademarked this yet? Uh,
0: uh, sorry? Have you
2: trademarked this yet? No, no, no. So <laughs> win, win, win. It's Michael Scott in the office. Oh, okay. there is resolution this conflict resolution, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a conflict resolution <laughs> episode. Where it tries to uh, you know find like uh, identify different ways of like managing conflict and one is like win lose, lose lose and there's one win win and if, and, and win 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 because he wins as well. Anyway, I uh, should yeah. yeah. exactly. you know my list. Exactly.
1: Long story short, Guillaume has been trying to explain the win 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 joke to a bunch of partners <laughs> that weren't watching the office. So I think it's just hoping that someone listening to this yeah. podcast would get yeah. the would get yeah. the reference.
0: I, I'm sure I'm Thank sure me. a couple of people out here are office listeners <laughs> today. Well it, it's a a good point, though, and it actually leads into the next thing I was going to ask you about, which was how do you optimize these counsels, these introductions, the relationships you create? When you make an introduction and say to a corporate partner, hey, you should meet this startup and tell the startup, hey, you should meet these guys, what do you do to optimize for a good outcome? How do you know when you make, what do you do to raise your confidence level in the success of an introduction. What are you thinking about down the road? So, I mean,
2: so, so we do. We, the, the secret is to interact with the corporate partners on a monthly basis, on a mm-hmm. regular basis. And so, so when we push an intro, we make sure that it makes sense for the partner to meet that startup, and we make sure we make sure it makes sense for the startup to meet to meet the partner. Mm-hmm. We, we used to organize a long time ago demo days, mm-hmm. where we had you know fifteen. It's a classic
0: point, concept here. Yeah, right? yeah.
2: but we, that we stopped doing. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the 15, 20 startups will come and pitch for five minutes. In front of you know a wide variety mm-hmm. of partners, and what we found we found those to be I mean it's it's good for PR. Mm-hmm. Then you might be able to get an article you know in TechCrunch or something mm-hmm. or, you know yeah. uh, one of the publication. But uh, uh, it's, it's it was not good for business outcomes in our in our case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why is because when you hear a start pitching for five minutes and your you know corporation it's it's either way too short or way too long. Mm-hmm. You know it's like you, you usually know after like uh, you know the couple of first slides if, if there was interest for you. So by interacting on the Basis with our partners by sharing constantly the type of deal flow and startups that we meet, uh, mm-hmm. that, that that we have, then we can identify the startup that they are the most interested in, yeah. and I mean, and then we and when we make the intro and when our partners come here. We organize one-on-one meetings.
1: Yeah, we, we do a lot of groundwork, and basically we spend a lot of time yeah. on one side with the partners and on the other side with the startups, and the goal is to make sure that when we make the connection, as Guillaume said, it's it's meaningful and mm-hmm. it's going to work out. Uh, we try not to burn any bridges, not to make anyone <laughs> waste time, sure. and, um, and usually when we make an intro, it's because we know the partner has a need, because yeah. usually we interact with them regularly, yeah. and we know the startups can find a potential yeah. customer.
0: And that's not rocket science. I mean, it sounds to me like what you're telling me is we (laughs) do our homework we maintain relationships better and we make better curated decisions in who we introduce them to rather than pushing them into a room full of options right and then hoping something happens it's a much more intentional approach and a much more uh Educated approach, walking into making the introduction, right?
1: Yeah, and then you're actually talking about curation, and we do curation yeah. not only on the startup side, but also mm-hmm. on the partner side. Mm-hmm. So when you ha- when we have partners joining the alliance, we ask them and we make sure that they are decision makers. So usually, C-level uh, VPs mm-hmm. of like corporations, because we want to make sure that if they make a decision, it's not going to take three weeks; it's going to take like a couple of days, and they're the ones yeah. deciding whether or not the startups are a fit for the company.
2: Well, one of the I mean, the decision we, we took that really helped us in like this whole introduction was to actually start charging partners to, mm-hmm. to join the FabForce program. So we introduced the, this concept of a membership fee, mm-hmm. which is actually really low when you compare to, you know to like corporate programs in Silicon Valley, $35,000 per year. Mm-hmm. And that helped us attract the types of partners that were really interested with what we're doing. In the first iteration that Julie was talking about of the Fabforce program, that we call Fabforce Beta, yep. the program was free. And so we had a lot of interest for partners, but we have low engagement. Now we are actually people, we are asking people to actually contribute to this membership fee. We have much more engagement, much more interest for the, for the pool of partners that we engage with. Yeah, and those people now are accountable as well, you know, because now that there is an expense inside the organization, so they have to explain to their management why There's they're spending money. There's a justification with involved there, yeah. exactly. Yeah, rather than just
0: taking a few hours to go to an event. And
2: exactly, back. exactly. I see. You I see. know, it's it's not it's no more uh, techno tourism as we say. Yeah.
0: You know. Well, I, you refer to FabForce Beta. I think you've told me a little bit about how the program came about. What What do you think the most important lessons are that you each have learned? going through this, uh, whether that's on the corporate side or the startup side, or the introduction side, working with Fab, what what do you think the most critical decisions are that you've made that have helped improve
1: improve, improve the program? Huh, it's a very good question. I think good. there are lots of lessons that we yeah. learned throughout the iterations of Orange Fab. Yeah. Um, my, one of my biggest lessons is be humble and come with modest intentions because mm-hmm. I think a lot of corporations, especially when they don't know the Silicon Valley ecosystem, tend to believe that they're they're the big ones mm-hmm. and, you know, like, startups are working for them and they're just going to, like, pick and choose whoever they want and, you know, they're going to do, like, free piloting and stuff like this. It,
2: yeah, it, it's also, I mean, this is something that, that's, that has changed quite a lot, but traditionally, especially in certain European countries, if you, if you go to the best schools, if you you, know, have a, a, you know, like if, if you check the boxes, you'll go work for a large corporation. Mm-hmm. You, you will not go work for a startup. Mm-hmm. And so working for a small organization usually means that you could not work for, for a larger one. Mm-hmm. In, in, in Silicon Valley, it's the opposite. You know, it's like, in many mm-hmm. cases, you work for a large organization. And I say that, you know, I work for yeah. a large one because you could not work for, for, for a small, uh, 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 very successful, and fast-growing startup. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the dynamics are completely reversed,
1: and, and that's why when we one of the iterations that we did through the Orange Fab program is kind of we dropped the three months incubation acceleration structure and the twenty k convertible nodes yeah. because we didn't want to have any roadblocks for the good startups to mm-hmm. come to us, mm-hmm. and uh, and we felt like just the convertible note, for example, you know it, it was nice to have, but most startups didn't take mm-hmm. it, and it was like. It was a
0: major strategic decision, though, for you to to do that.
2: Yeah, Uh, yeah, we we moved away from a classic accelerator program and we became what we call, I mean, we call ourselves no platform. So we connect startups to corporations Mm -hmm. for strategic investments and partnership opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we do run programs for startups, but they are not like the traditional accelerator program. Mm -hmm. We just tell startups oh, if you're a late stage company with uh, customers in the US and you want to enter Europe, Come to see us, and we're going to help you connect with a large number of potential customers in Mm Europe. And then we tell another group of startups if you are seed stage companies working in a very specific technology vertical and we tend to change those vertical every year. Mm-hmm. come talk to us and we're going to spend time connecting you to VCS so that you know you could be able, that will help you with your, your series A or your seed, seed uh, 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 round. Mm-hmm. and we're going to connect you as well to other large corporations that could support you and help you reach product market fit.
1: Mm-hmm. But those are the things,
2: you know. And and, uh, uh, and then on the corporation side, and we try to do cooperation, corporation, and we have this also program that's called
1: Force. Mm-hmm. But we did this because it's also more convenient for startups and we want to attract yeah. the best yeah, yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It makes sense. It seems like it's much more respectful of their time that they're investing, and it looks like you're trying to provide a more efficient use of that time and investment. Can you tell me this? I want to get into the executive summit here, and I know Guillaume touched on all of the verticals that, that you have in the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you characterize which verticals are currently served now? And looking ahead to the, the executive summit, maybe you can tell me, you can give me a little preview of what's going to be happening here in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Three months. What, three months? Yeah.
2: Three months, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So, so for the verticals, I mean, the, the way we have structured the, the work that we do and the interaction we have with our corporate partners, is through a series of industry-specific what we call councils. Uh, we cover 10 councils today. And, and the idea is because when we have, let's say, a media company that comes to see us, they want to know what are the most disruptive startups in the media space, whether the startups are using AI, blockchain, any sort of like a- uh, IoT technologies. I mean, they, they don't really care. You know, What they want to know is like where the industry is going and who should, who should they be partnering with or investing in. And so that's why we have this approach. And when one of the corporate partners... Joins FabForce, that partner joined one or multiple councils, and those are like linked to the business of the company.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, so. Uh- as part of the fat Force program, once a year we organize uh, this big flagship event that we call the uh, Executive Summit, uh, so Silicon Valley Executive Summit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we invite all our partners as well as local VCs and entrepreneurs to come with us uh, for three, three and a half days um, to share and pitch uh, around different industry topics. Mm-hmm. So those topics actually match uh, the topics that are covered within the fat Force program, which are the council's. Um, so to give you a little preview of the agenda for the June events, so the next one is going to be the week of June 24th. Um, we typically start on Monday night with our partners, uh, the ones who fly uh, to SF. You know, we have a nice icebreaker. Um, then on Tuesday is the, is the real conference uh, kickoff. So Tuesday morning we usually have uh, general plenary sessions on, on a specific topic. Um, the afternoon is breakout sessions so this is when we have four to five uh, thematized uh, sessions in parallel so I don't even remember like which ones are on the first day which ones are on the second day but yeah so we have retail tech advertising smart cities then on Wednesday, same thing, morning uh, general session, afternoon breakout session. Um, and on Thursday, we have external visits for our partners, followed mm-hmm. by an event here at OSV. And then on Friday, it's one-on-one sessions, so we invite startups to come over and meet in person with the partners for like an hour.
0: It's exciting. And you get some amazing speakers. I'm looking forward to seeing who you get signed up. This yep. year, uh, yeah, we well, sure we'll have more to talk about soon about that.
2: Yeah, what, what we try to do is really to to support. To, instead of organizing really a series of presentations, we organize a series of discussions, and the idea is to bring together investors, executives from you know some of our large corporate partners, and entrepreneurs and to, to really like foster discussion that will lead to meaningful results. And by meaningful meaningful interaction the results, we mean you know, partnerships or investments. You know, this is like what the, the, the way we look at it. The way we build the program for that particular week is we want to make sure that when people come, come to see us, they really understand the way the technology is going. So we have plenary sessions or dedicated to specific technology topics. And obviously, AI deep learning is going to be one of them again this mm-hmm. time. We also have... Plenary session dedicated to the way business models are changing. You know, the, the, this idea of the subscription economy, which is not fairly new, uh, uh, is still you know going around, and, and, and we we feel that every single industry is going to be impacted by it. Sure. Uh, you know, we looked at uh, we look at retail as you know one good uh, good potential next industry to be. Well impacted by by subscription by the subscription economy or subscription models, so we're gonna we you know we have like those plenary sessions where we cover those topics, and then as you were saying, the councils, the ten council that we have, organize those like breakout sessions, mm-hmm. so that if you are um, if you are a logistic company, you come, you meet, uh, you under, you hear VCs talking about deep learning and you know the way AI is going, mm-hmm. you hear VCs and uh, entrepreneurs talking about like the subscription economy and how they are building tools to help companies adopt subscription. models. Models, and then you meet relevant entrepreneurs in your particular logistics space uh, so that, you know, you can go home with, uh, you know, better ideas and, and great partners in the pipeline.
0: And who are you looking to talk to before? Like, let's say this. Uh, anybody who's hearing about this summit for the first time on the podcast mm-hmm. today, who would you like to hear from and who should reach out to you about the summit uh, mm-hmm. if they haven't heard about it already? Mm-hmm.
1: So we have uh, we have three types of audience, I would mm-hmm. say. And correct me, Guillaume, if I'm wrong. But um, So the first part is uh, corporations. So decision makers within corporations uh, that are either our partners or want to discover more about what we do. And so they want to come here to uh, to get a look at it and meet in person with other partners to to get a feeling of what it's like to be part of that force. Um, second uh, type is uh, VCs or CVCs. Mm-hmm. We're looking to meet with our corporate partners or, you know, find startups they could potentially invest in. And the last part is uh, startups. So entrepreneurs would like to come and pitch in front and talk to, more more than pitches, more talk to, have a discussion with our partners or VCs in the room. I see. Have I forgotten anything? And I think they can go
0: to orangefab.com and see more examples of the types of startups yep. you've worked with yep. and what types of verticals are, are represented, mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah. On the, the website for the event, svexecutivesummit.com. svexecutivesummit.com. Yeah, yes. we'll put all those links yeah. below the, the link. Great, below I'll make sure it's office. in the
0: podcast episode description too. Yeah, yeah. 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 And,
1: we, and we'll and we reveal the first speakers in uh, in a couple of weeks, but it's pretty exciting. And uh, part of you can see our previous speakers on the website as well.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, to give you an idea of the type of speakers that we had, so we, ha- we had uh, VCs, you know, people like uh, Steve Jovenson, David Blumberg, uh, Aileen Tango at uh, in mm-hmm. um, uh, We had. That academics. was an interesting
0: talk. I was here for that one.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's so smart, I mean, what, what those guys are doing. Uh, Jeremy Howard, who is an academic at the uh, University of San Francisco, talking about tech like, deep learning. Uh, we had uh, startups, great entrepreneurs, you know. I'm thinking of the team at Scarible,
1: yeah.
2: uh Udev, I mean the, many of them. Um, we also had um, some of the large corporations from Silicon Valley that came and spoke. You know, I'm thinking of like Google, Facebook, Oculus, mm-hmm. um, Nvidia. And a lot of them, you know, talking about how like the technology they were developing and how it could like create opportunities mm-hmm. for the partners we had in the room. Sure. So it's um you know, really would try to build like a small ecosystem having discussions and, and uh, and make sure you know we can uh, you know, all benefit from uh, interacting with each other and find great opportunities for our companies.
0: Great. Well, we'll have more to talk about in the coming months, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Uh, in the meantime, thank you for coming in to talk about Fat yeah. Force today and the thank Executive Summit. Thank you for summit. having us. Yeah, That's absolutely. You know, uh, anytime, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm right across the room from you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if, if, uh, uh, if people are interested to, to come to the Summit, they can email us. Sure. Where, like, where should they email you at?
1: Uh, my name is very complicated. complicated. Uh, they can go uh, to on, on,
0: orangefab.com on the and then they'll find go, go to orangefab.com and you'll yeah, find the contact find, info there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the simplest recommendation. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> if I start
1: spelling my names, people are probably not going to show up. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. All right.
0: So, go there and check out the episode description if you missed any of that. It'll have the proper links for you to get to the right place. Uh,
2: and if you did not understand our accents, you know, you can you can email us as well. <laughs> that's great. We'll send you a transcript. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody,
0: for listening today. Thanks for listening to the Orange Silicon Valley Bistrocast. I'm Brian Wormuth, and we're glad that you could be a part of the conversation. If you liked what you heard today, we hope we'll see you on Twitter, LinkedIn, Medium, and OrangeSV.com, where you'll find a link to subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, The Main Cable onwardssv.com. You'll also find an updated calendar of upcoming events being held here live in Silicon Valley with many of the same analysts and experts you hear on each episode of the Bistrocast. We'd love to see you in person.